welcome to the Core Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Banks, a mindset and positive psychology coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things related to creating happiness from within. So let's do it. Welcome back to Core Happiness. On this podcast, we believe that the key to a happy life is to grow from within. So we love to talk about how to find clarity, navigating life changes, and living a purpose-driven life. And today's guest does just that. I am talking about the one and only Ella Ayaromi, the founder of At You Bridge, which is a coaching and consulting company which focuses on helping women build confidence, find clarity, and build generational wealth as they navigate changes in life. In addition, this entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three has the passion to see women live a purpose-driven life whilst confidently owning their voice and showing their uniqueness. And if that's not enough, her mission is to empower one million women over the next five years with tools, resources, and through her initiative, The Untold Story, Ella has created a safe space where all women can find peace and wholeness as they navigate changes in their lives. How exciting is this? Ella, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me, Casey. It's an honor to just be in your space and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yes, so am I. In fact, I just want to dive right in and let's tell listeners about your story and what inspired you to start at your bridge. My story is, it's a bit of a transitional one, which is why I'm so passionate about transition because I've been through so many transitions in my life and I am going through one at the moment. I always like to say this to give some perspective, especially to someone out there or to some woman out there who is thinking that she can't go through that same path or maybe that path is not, you know, Sometimes you want to get to somewhere, but the doors don't open at that particular time. And so I started out my career and I went to college and I studied finance and economics in college, which is your college, my university here in the UK. And after college, everyone wants to know where this one is going to, what company you go in. You know, there was all of that pressure. And we all apply for the internship, we apply for the jobs phase, and I didn't quite make it to get into that graduate position where you go on to work for the big city banks. So this is where I really feel that my confidence really started out depleting a little bit because that was when I started feeling like, am I not good enough? Like, why didn't I get the internship? Why didn't I get the graduate job? Like, we were all excited going to the interview. And then I didn't get the graduate job. I wasn't among the people that was chosen to go into this fancy internship program to get a fancy investment banking job. And so after I finished, I was like, okay, so what do I do now? I mean, I was questioning myself. I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my life now? Nobody feels that I'm good enough to start this. You know, look at that person, look at this one, look at that one. And that really worked on my confidence. And I remember just sitting in my room, just feeling sorry for myself and my dead boyfriend, which is my husband now, was always saying to me, like, you can go to like little firms. It doesn't have to be this big investment firms because I had a list of all of them, checking them all out when I went for the interview. And every time I had no, my confidence would go down. And then one day I got a call from an agent and she said, would you like to be a paper girl? in one of the big investment firms. And I thought, how dare you? Like, <laughs> I just had a degree. But then something said to me, would you rather be in the space of the what you want 
than be outside. Because when you're inside, there is opportunity for you to get yourself to where you want to be. You can't get in from the outside. So this was my first humbling experience. And that was the first time I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this job, but I'm not going to be a paper girl for long. So I take the job, I would dress up like an investment banker. And, you know, people will say, well, how did where do you work? I will mention the name of the bank. Mm-hmm. But then I never told anybody that I was a paper girl filing the papers. And so funny because the team were a group of young graduates coming out of me. So I felt almost like they are made, you know, putting the papers in the file. And I remember just sitting one day and crying. And then something in my head said, why are you not reading what you're filing? And then I started reading what I was finding. I was like, I can do this. So I studied it. This is where preparation comes because I was looking at those papers for two months before I walked up to the manager and said, I can do the job. And first thing she looked at me and then she said to me, what makes you think you can do the job? And I said, because I do have a degree and this is what I studied at university. And she had no idea I had a degree because I came from an agent. And she was almost like shocked that I would have a degree, you know, because I didn't come bragging. I was just humble filing the papers. And long story short, I ended up getting a trial and she said, show me in one month. And that's how my career started. Thank you so much for sharing that backstory, because I think that is a very important note. There are so many people that do feel down or get very discouraged when they go to school for something or they get a degree in something, and then they don't immediately do something with that degree. They feel like that time was wasted. They feel a lack of confidence. They wonder if they're good at it something or if they should have pursued something else. And I like that you shared that perspective, especially when starting out your career, because you don't always get the job you want immediately. And I really like how you talked about Just doing something that got you close to the career that you wanted, that put you in the space and in the field of the job you wanted, and that gave you an opportunity. That's beautiful. And I think that is a very important message. So tell me, what was the trajectory after becoming an investment analyst? What was a turning point for you? So I did that corporate Britain for over 15 years. I worked from being an investment analyst and I went back and did a master's and I did a bit of IT and project management and I did compliance. And then fast forward and I realized that then I started having compassion for the changes. And meanwhile, whilst climbing my careers, I would leave to become a mom and it would be hard for me to go back in because I was working in a very male-dominated industry. And so at the towel end, just before the pandemic, I was at this bridge where I was fed up with corporate. My two boys had gone to nursery and all of that. And then I found out I was pregnant, you know, and I thought, who is Ella? Apart from the mum, apart yes. from the city girl, apart from the whatever title I was doing in that phase for over 15 years, I lost myself in that. And there was a bit of my confidence losing. I was miserable as a wife. I was miserable as a mum. Because whenever I would have these breaks, it would knock my confidence down. And so when I found out I was pregnant again, and I was like, this is the time for me to leave. I just thought, I'm at my bridge. So how many more women, million, billion women are at their bridge? That was how actually bridge came. And that's just for those people who have something in their mind, some kind of business, some kind of idea that you have. It doesn't have to be clear cut because I knew that I wanted to help women. But I didn't have the full picture of what my business would look like. Hell, I've been doing my business for two years now, but I've changed so much. The business has evolved so much from when I had that idea when I was pregnant. 
because that's really when I wrote my business plan. That's when I wrote everything. And that's just basically how my journey started into entrepreneurship. That's amazing. And I feel like that happens a lot. I know even for myself, it's a transition that I was going through back in 2012. And then that is what inspired me to start Core Happiness, right? It's really wanting to help somebody that's maybe going through something similar than what you're going through. So I always love those stories where we can take what we've been through and then help other people. So for me, as a mindset and positive psychology coach, I'm always talking to my clients about the importance of having the right mindset. And I feel that it's one of the strongest tools that we have, right? Because we become what we believe. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear from you as sort of the expert on building confidence and authenticity. What do you feel is key when it comes to how we build confidence, how we build authenticity? How do we show up authentically and overcome feeling of anxiousness or feeling of stress or overwhelm or loneliness or even feeling lost? I'd say one, in building your confidence, because the thing that I always say to the women who come into my container or any woman I come across, I always say that the moment that you start giving yourself permission to even go on the journey, that is your beginning because it starts from yourself. Because I remember when I was going on my own journey, I always say to people, the one thing that kept me sane was my writing. I've got loads of them. Like I've got different Journals, like every time I look at them, they signify or represent a stage of my life, a stage of either the changes I was going through in that particular phase or the emotions or some of the things that I didn't quite understand. But then when I put them on paper, because I always say there are three things that happens when you put things on paper. You get rid of the things that don't serve you. You expand on new ideas. And you take actions on the ones that have already been brought to life. And one of the things that helped me to build my confidence was putting myself in the space of like-minded people. Most people try to run away from people when things are not going so great or you feel a bit down. Mm -hmm. But success always leaves clues. And this is what I learned when I dived into entrepreneurship because I thought, I don't know how to do this. Remember, I'm coming from a place that everything was just structured. I had no emotions. I would just go to clients and I'd tell them what to do and whether they want to do it or not, they'll pay me and off I go to the next person. But being an entrepreneur, being a mom gave me a lot of mindset reconditioning, which is the second thing that I would say. In building your confidence, it has to start from your mind. Yeah. So you have to recondition your mind. And how do you recondition your mind? One, you have to get help. Go to someone who has done it before because they're going to lead and direct you. But also you have to start doing the inner work. So to one person, it could be like just little as having a routine. To the other person, it might be waking up in the morning and doing the affirmations. Or if you are being, you you are the one that's always procrastinating. I would say, you know, you don't think about things. You just go ahead and do it because when you do it, you put one step in front of the other. And the more that you do something, action is always the place of confidence because the more that you do it, there's progress. And when you make progress, you will either be like, oh, wow, that wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. You see that you're building the application muscle to go to the next level because now you're thinking, I did that. It was scary, but I did it. So do it afraid. 
don't be afraid to just do it because you're never going to be confident when you don't take action, Right. no matter how scary the action is. So start with getting yourself in the right environment. Make sure that you are with the right people who would cry with you, whether they, they're going to laugh you, they will cheer you on. The, but one more thing that will give you accountability so you don't stop in the middle because when you're not confident, fear comes and that's when the limiting beliefs come and that's when you're doing everything and that's when overwhelm comes. So the only way you're going to beat that is to be in the company of the success that you want to see. And if you can't find it, start with yourself. There's so many things that you can listen to to recondition your mind because everything starts in the mind. I always say that your mind is where you set it to. Mm -hmm. So that's where your mindset is set to as, oh, I'm a failure. I can't do this then obviously everything that you're going to be doing is going to be worked around that fear. It's going to be worked around that emotion. But if you set your mind to the place of, I'm in this company of this people, they're doing okay, then I'm going to be forced to do it because as a human being, nobody wants to fail. So start with being in a company and then reconditioning your mind. And then once you've done that, keep your journal in place because getting everything out of your head is the beginning of clarity. You can never get clear if everything is stuffed in your head. You're just going to be overwhelmed and you're not going to have time to do anything, implement anything, because there's one billion things to remember yeah. in your head. So that would be where I'll start from. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I love the fact that she said just finding the right environment, finding the right people. Because a lot of times when we are in our heads and we have this limiting belief about ourselves or our capabilities and we have this limited mindset, sometimes it takes being around other people who are where we want to be or people who inspire us that kind of help break that limiting belief and limiting mindset. And I 100% agree with writing. I think that, that is a way to just quiet the noise that mm -hmm. goes on. And then that's when you have these breakthrough moments. And Sometimes you don't even realize it's happening when it's happening. You go back and read it, and then you're like, wow, that is so much clearer to me now. It makes sense. And a lot of times when people feel stuck, and I know for me, I'll have clients that are like, I don't know what to do in this area. And I'm like, you probably do, right? But you have to quiet the noise, and then the answers will come. That clarity comes once you quiet all the noise. So I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you. Speaking of multitasking, you do have to multitask when you are a mom and you're an entrepreneur and all of it is time consuming. So what do you say to the moms? I mean, women in general, but especially moms. What do you say to the women who are trying to juggle work and motherhood and also maintain a sense of self? I think the first thing I would say is communication. Mm. I learned something from one of my coaches. She said to me that in order for you to function as a CEO, you have to let everybody around you know what is going on, even your kids. You know, because kids don't understand. They want mommy's attention. They want you to do this, play with the toys, especially if you have younger kids. Mm -hmm. But kids understand this is where you set boundaries as well. Everybody needs a boundary. And this is the thing I learned. If you communicate with a child, so for example, my kids are 12, 8, and 2, even my two-year-old, if I say to my two-year-old that mommy's going to go in this room for 10 minutes, I'm going to close the door, 
And then in 15 minutes, I'll be back to play with you and the toys. She'll say, oh, okay, mommy. She wouldn't turn up for the next 10, 15 minutes because she knows that mommy has to do this thing. That's a two-year-old. Then imagine if you have all the kids who understand, like between this time and this time, mommy's going to do this. But that doesn't mean that mommy's not going to be mommy again. Mm-hmm. It means that for this half an hour, mommy needs to do this. And then after half an hour, mommy's all yours for the next whatever minute or whatever allocated time. It's the same thing with your partner, whoever is in your household. This is the time that I am going to be doing X, Y, Z. If you give me half an hour to be productive, then I'm all yours for whatever amount of time. But the thing that I found that a lot of us women get overwhelmed because we're everything to everyone. Yes. You can't give from an empty cup. If you are not feeling yourself, feeling your cup, if you are at the bottom of the list and everyone else is at the top, eventually you're going to burn out. You're not going to be useful to anyone. But if you communicate to everyone involved, then you can get the support. Like at this point in time, she's working on the business at this point in time, even for the dishes or whatever it is, just communicate. Say, I'm going to be doing this for this time. Or maybe I'm going to do my nails for the next two hours. Just communicate. I think that goes a long way to you feeling that you can do everything you want. And then I would also say that when you're juggling, if you're not concentrating on one thing, you're either going to be doing it halfway. You do this one and then you do that one. You're going to be dibbling on all of them, but you never complete it. But then I learned one thing where you put the output before the results. So like now every day during the school days, I need to get up and get the boys up for school. So when I'm thinking about it, I'm not thinking, oh, I need to know how to get up and then get the boys up for school and all of that. I'm thinking I'm setting my kings up for success. So with that output in mind, I wake up and I get them off from school because I want them to feel happy and thrive when they go to school. I don't want them to feel miserable because I've been shouting on each other. See, that output gives me a different perspective when I'm doing that task. You know, whatever I was doing, I would look at the output first. And it really changed the trajectory of the feeling of the overwhelm. So instead of looking at it as overwhelm and a daunting task and something you have to do and it's like this dreaded thing, you're reframing it to something that's very motivating. Like the fact that you want to get your kids off to school because you are investing in their future and you want them to be excited about the day ahead. And that is so much more motivating. And I absolutely love how you are reframing those thoughts and those tasks just by focusing on the outcome versus all the steps it take to get to the outcome. Exactly. Because when you think about the steps, chances that you're not going to do it. Ah, so much overwhelm. The other thing I forgot to say is being intentional. Because when you're intentional in communicating, you're intentional in allocating your time, you're intentional in filling yourself up first, then everything else would just work around you being full. And once you're full, a cup that's full overflows. So everybody mm-hmm. around you is going to feel it. You know, they're going to see a much happier you, a less overwhelmed you. I'm guessing because I know that mom guilt is a thing that affects a lot of mothers. So 
It's the idea that if I'm going to work, then I feel bad that I'm not spending time with my kids. Or if I'm with my kids, I feel bad because I feel like I should be doing something to help get me ahead at work. So there's guilt on either side. But it sounds like from your method and the planning of it and allocating time, then the communication part seems like it would help with that guilt on both sides as well. Yeah, it does help because, I mean, I don't think anybody, any mom out there who is doing anything other than not being mom wouldn't feel the guilt of, oh, I left the kids. But then, like I say, you're thinking about the output because if I don't have the time for me as Ella, not mom, because I'm Ella first before Mm -hmm. I'm mom. And if Ella is depleted and Ella's useless mom, not just being mom, you're not even a good sister. You're not a good wife. You're not a good partner. You're not a good friend. So if I'm thinking this is the time that I have to pour into Ella, this is where I was saying that when I was trying to get back into work and though I was qualified and I kept hearing the no's and it made me miserable as a person and it made me miserable as a mom too because all of that was still weighing on me. I'm not good enough. Nobody wants to give me a chance. And the more that I was saying that to myself, I was manifesting it because the energy was depleted. I've known the work that I've put in, in myself to know that Ella is valid, her dreams are valid, her voice is unique. And then there's no two Ellas. So what I bring to the table is it's unique but it's going to add value to whatever scope of value that is already there because I know who I am. So this is where I really focus on women knowing that their voice is both authentic and valid in their unique journey. If you feel that your voice is not being heard, if you feel that even when you're saying something that it's not being respected in the sense, It's heard, but it's not being taken. It's not valued. If you can find that inner peace, that stillness that we talked about, to know that wherever you are coming from or wherever your journey starts, that is your own unique journey. And if you are confident enough to know that your voice is unique from wherever you're starting from, it doesn't matter if I'm starting from here or I'm starting from the top. The point is, I know that when I come into your space, when I'm saying something, if you don't take what I'm saying, then it's your loss. And the moment that women have that in themselves, you're able to go into anywhere and just own what you say. And that is what the mission is, really. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who had a bad relationship and instantly she just felt like useless because Now she's had three kids. She's had all of these years of doing nothing. She has no money to herself. Not that she was lacking anything as a family, as a uni, but her, for herself, she had nothing. Mm -hmm. She really relied on, you know, the spouse, the family and all of that. And everything was good until he started, you know, acting up. But now she's at that place where she doesn't know what to do. She has no confidence. She feels like. Nobody's going to listen to her. She always said to me, Ella, but who is going to listen to me? Look, all I've got to show is like three kids. I've not really done anything in the last five, six years. You know, my marriage is falling apart. 
Like she was literally falling apart. She had no confidence. She had nothing. Like, and then we started working on the minds and I started working. I was like, what do you like to do? I remember that we would go over sessions and then she said, oh, I want to be a nurse. And she was like, but I don't have any money. He's not going to let me to do it. No, you're going to do it because we're doing it for you. Because when you start contributing, when you start seeing the value that you, he starts seeing the value that you place in yourself, he would value you more. And then we applied for funding. We did the application, she got in. And then bit by bit, the more that she did the nursing, her confidence came up. And she's actually qualified as a nurse now. Now, my mission was to make sure that she, one, she was confident. Two, she recognized that her voice was valid. And three, she was financially independent. When I look at her and I see how happy she is now, how confident she is, and she's, you know, following the career path. I was like, this is what transition looks like. It doesn't matter where you start from. It matters what your unique journey is Mm -hmm. and how you can get there from the bridge of where you are. It might take a few steps, but if you cross the bridge brick by brick, step by step, you get to the other side. I think you're absolutely right. Women in general just wear so many different hats. We have so many different roles. And I think we get lost in the roles and we let the roles define us. So I know with a lot of my clients, I'll say, who are you? And they say, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. And I'm like, no, those are roles that you play, right? Mm -hmm. But who are you? And then I can't even tell you how many times I've heard, I don't know. Outside of those things, I don't know. And then it's like, okay, well, what do you like? What inspires you? What motivates you? What are things that make you happy? I don't know. I haven't stopped to think about it. So is I think we do get lost in these roles and forget that, like you said, I'm Ella, but I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a wife. I'm Ella first. And I think a lot of women forget that. They forget that they are themselves first. And instead, they lose themselves in the roles that they're playing of the expectation of a mother is supposed to do this and a wife is supposed to do this. And therefore, that's who I am. And so I absolutely love hearing you say that it really does start with you. And when your cup is full and the cup runneth over, then everybody else benefits as well. Mm -hmm. That is very powerful, very powerful and very important. One thing that I wanted to ask you, I know your mission is to help a million women in five years. And I would love to hear more about that mission as well as the tools and resources that you're using to empower them. Okay, so this mission obviously came about when I was talking about my story and I said, if I feel this way that there are a million other women who are exactly in the same position, maybe they're moms, maybe they're just women who took a break. Maybe they're just people who have found themselves in situations where they've not been able to do what they love doing and they've had to take a detour and they're trying to find their way back to the passion, the dream, the goal that they've always wanted. You've got to be armed, like you say, with the tools to be able to deal with the hand that life gives you. And my mission to you, really empower a million women in five years is me creating a platform to that ordinary woman who is feeling like, well, I believe that my story can help the next Jane, can help the next Sarah, but how do I even get my story heard? Because I don't have that platform. So this is 
where together we lock hands as a sisterhood, as a community, to know that my story is some of that woman's transformation. That left me feeling like, okay, what practically can a woman like me, who everyday woman, just even if you're, you know, you've made it big, how can we empower other people to know that one, they're not alone, two, that their story and their journey is unique, and three, that their story is some other woman's transformation. Someone over mm-hmm. said to me, if you're sitting on your vision, if you're sitting on that thing that is pressing you, that God has placed in your heart, and you're not sharing your story, you are stealing someone else's transformation. And that really stuck with me. Because I thought, think about the one billion other women who would say, if Ella can do it, I can do it too. Well, If Casey can do it, then I can do it too. So that's how Untold Story came about. And I believe that platform, women sharing their stories, we're going to reach as many women as possible to be able to know that they are not alone, their story is not unique, their struggle is not unique. We are all in this together. And the more that we share and share those practical, simple tools, simplified things, then somebody else can pick it up and go to the next person and go to the next person. And the tools we use here at the Bridge is the coaching programs that I have. But my real mission is to make sure that this is as simplified as possible to as many women who can share their story as we navigate changes in life. Because your life change is not the same to mine, but it would relate to somebody else. That's amazing. That's amazing. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that we are all here on earth to be students and teachers. I think we're here to learn and then we're here to, and then we learn from each other and I think that's what helps us grow. I think that's the thing that makes us humans and the fact that we're all able to connect in a certain way. I absolutely love that. I actually remember I was a counselor uh, years ago when my father passed and it was a big transition going through that loss. Thank you. I remember saying something along the lines of like, oh, this is just so painful. This transition is so difficult. And Mm. why me? Why am I going through this? And I remember she said to me, well, because maybe your story is supposed to help another person who's grieving. Maybe you're supposed to turn this into something, a book, a blog post or something that then helps other people who are grieving. And, you know, and even in my coaching practice, like someone who literally is going through a very similar situation that I went through and in helping her through grieving and just Telling her my story has helped her through grieving. So I wholeheartedly believe in women sharing stories just so we don't feel like we are alone and that we are Mm -hmm. learning and thriving from each other. I think that's very, very amazing. I think, like you said, when your coach is saying to you that there are other women in that position, just think about there's so many other, you know, billion women who are thinking, sitting in the corner, they could be in the lowest part of Africa thinking, this is too much for me. Like, you know, I feel alone. Like, I don't feel like anyone will relate or they can't relate because they don't know what it feels like. Or to that woman who has been in that job and she doesn't really like it and she wants to step out and but she's thinking this is too risky. Or to that person who is struggling in that relationship and thinking I've lost myself in just being in this relationship. 
how do I navigate this? And we'll all echo the same thing that you have to find the stillness in yourself. You have to get support. You have to do your journals. You have to find help from someone who's two steps ahead of you, 0.5 steps ahead of you. Because when you learn from someone who's gone ahead of you, your journey is going to be shorter, Mm -hmm. which is where this untold story community is going to serve as that place where we can really take time out to nurture each other and build each other. But I want it to be an organic progression where we all kind of like grow and evolve together. Like obviously there are other bigger things to come, Mm -hmm. but my dream, my mission is to make sure that those tips, practicalities and the mentoring system goes on and we're all on this journey together. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I really want to thank you again for coming on the show. This has been a phenomenal conversation. And I absolutely love any time that we can share about authenticity and confidence and just helping women in general. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Like, I'm so excited. What you're doing, making sure that we find core happiness in ourselves, like, that is so amazing. And I know that finding whole happiness in ourselves is one thing that a lot of us struggle with because life has taken us to different points because of our experiences. Or like you say, we're not confident enough to know to find that happiness because of whatever situation that we've found ourselves. So just by listening to your podcast, it's an amazing platform to know that we can all find our own core happiness. Thank you so much. That means so much. To you core happiness listeners, if you would like to get in touch with Ella, all of her contact information will be listed on the show notes, or you can visit her website at www.atyourbridge.com. That is www.at, the letter U, the letter R, bridge.com. And that's all we have for today. Until next time. I thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate it or leave a review. If you have any thoughts or questions, I would love to hear from you. You can email podcast at corehappiness.com. For show notes and additional resources, you can visit www.corehappiness.com. As always, please remember, never let anyone diminish your light. Until next time, sending you my love.